We are back, the Flowtrack Podcast, with our Zurich Diamond League final instant reaction show, the last Diamond League instant reaction show of 2022. I just got done with a live blog, Gordon, that I'm sure dozens of people were checking out. You can uh, look at that on the site. Um, so I was keeping tabs on all the events throughout this meet. Um, but now I'm going to do an audio and video form with you. Uh, Colt is producing. Shout out to Colt. Um, subscribe to the Flowtrack Podcast if you haven't yet. Leave a comment while we do uh, this show. Tell us what your favorite race was, least favorite race was. I mean, in general, this is crazy. You go down through the line here. Favorite, 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 favorite. Like everybody held surf. There was very few surprises, very few upsets. And I thought it was going to go the other direction just because the season's been dragging on for a while. And I thought there would be a little bit of chaos. And there was not. You could have made decent money betting. This would have been perfect for your 14 athlete parlay or whatever you cooked up in Eugene. This would have been perfect. There was just, it was so much chalk all the way through. Yeah, what was it like uh, live blogging it? Uh, you know, live blogging for three hours. Should, should we just read back your blog on the podcast? Is that what we should do? Right I'm just going to read this. it. Look at all these yeah. words. This is like I'm just going to read it. 11th grade essay. It's great. Probably. Thank you. Appreciate it uh, that you're comparing my writing to an 11th grader. Love that. Um, yeah, probably a lot of typos in there. Listen, I've done a lot of cool things in this job, written a lot of cool stories, helped produce some awesome workouts, but I think I'm most proud of this. This is my magnum opus. Uh, it wasn't doing a, an investigation into Flojo's 1049, was not doing an oral history of the uh, Nick Simmons 800 race with the Oregon sweep. It was not uh, you know, doing uh, cool productions with you. It was this Zurich live blog. So please click on it. Can we put a, can we put a link in the chat? Can we just get a couple yeah, people? Put a link in the chat. I'll find out. Yeah, let's put a link in the chat. We get a couple let's people. Get some views for you. Yeah, just a, just a few. It'd be nice. Just click on it. You don't uh, want to read it. You just got to click on it. All right. Yeah. Just listen to what I'm saying. Read it. Just click on it. <laughs> All right. Don't need to read it. Just uh, yeah. So again, if you're on the chat watching live, let us know what you thought of the meet. Um, listen. Jeff in the chat says career was the highlight of the finals. If you're just talking about how the Diamond League final event measured up to the rest of the season, like race over what you'd expect, I think it was the men's 800. I did put in my live blog, this was the best men's 800 of the year. That was done tongue-in-cheek for the listeners of this pod. They will know, hey, Kevin Gordon, those guys have been crushing that event all year. But I, I really think it was because you had – a pretty cool comeback. Marco Arop made this big move on the backstretch. Career nipped him in the final 10 meters, and you had the fastest time of the year, which, again, wasn't that quick by men's elite 800-meter standards. And you had Career defending the honor of the 800. And Arop both defending the honor of the 800 ahead of, ahead of Jake Whiteman. So if you're just talking about like replacement-level race, it, it could have been the men's eight. I feel like I have some magical powers because I said on the podcast yesterday that every time I doubt Emmanuel Courier, he mm -hmm. succeeds. And I was yeah. like going all in on Marco Arop to win the Diamond League final, which naturally 
was going to do the exact opposite, and Emmanuel Career mm-hmm. was going to uh, become victorious. Career, he's having a hell of a run, even though the 800 has been weird as ever. All right, calm, calm down. Olympic calm champion. down a bit. Calm down a bit. I mean, Olympic champion, world champion, Diamond League champion. Sure. Now world okay. leader in 2022. Like, <laughs> now he's having a good run. Wealthy. I mean, I think anyone would. I think anyone would take this resume right now. Yeah. In the world. It's pretty good. Yeah, resume. sure, you'd take it. But there's been a lot of bumps along the way. But he's won the big stuff. I'll give him credit yeah. for that. Amanda Career has won the big stuff. All right, let's get off the men's 800. We don't need the men's 800 anymore. Well, let's talk about well, Shelly. No, uh, no, we're going to stay on the men's 800. Jake Whiteman getting third. Do you think he has? That's a a great run for the 1,500-meter world champion. That is a great run for the 1,500-meter world champion. I'll say that. It's a great run, but, like, do you think there's a little bit of, I don't know, would you rather get third in the 800 or at least get second to Jakob in the 1,500? I mean, do you think he's happy with his decision? (laughs) I know what I want. race Jakob in the 50s. Yes. Yes. He's happy with his decision to not run Jakob because he's 1-0 against Jakob. Yeah. In the, well, he's in not the 1-0. The I think he has a lot. Well, this, he's lost to him well, before. You know what I mean. Since like, Worlds. He hasn't lost. Yes. Beginning the night of that race, he is 1-0 against Jakob. I don't think he has any regrets because if he did, he would have uh, signed up and raced him. And he didn't signed up. It's not a 5K. You don't need to sign up. You think you want to race him. the news that broke a few hours before his race in the UK affected mm. his performance? I you don't think he think got news of the that. queen dying and was like, uh-oh, and then that took him out of it mentally. I think that's a chance. I don't think possibly. so. I don't. No, I, I don't think that's it. I think it's more just he's running up against two really good guys here. I mean, if that you too. just if you if you put this aside, it's pretty remarkable how well a fifteen hundred meter world champion is doing in the eight. We haven't, and I I know the eight is not setting the world on fire this year, but that's those are it's still a strong showing. You look at the guys he beat, who are straight eight hundred meter runners. It is. It is a, a good run for him. Now, not going to say it anymore. Not going to belabor the point. Wanted to see him in the 1500, but um, if you just take that one race in isolation, oh, that's pretty That's pretty impressive. Like, Jakob wouldn't get third in this race. Chariot wouldn't get third in this race. Kipsang wouldn't get it's third true. in this race. Oliver Hoare wouldn't get true. third in this race. Josh Kerr true. wouldn't get third in this race. You go to the women's true. side of things, Faith Kip Yegon's great. I don't think Faith Kip Yegon would get third in the 800. Maybe. Right now. Now. The maybe, women's eight maybe. right now. The women's eight's way better than the men's eight. Women, yeah. the men's eight does not have a thing bow in it right now, so it's a little bit harder. But I don't, I don't think she'd be like Whiteman is legit third best in the world in the men's eight. When she said, I mean, you're missing Sajadi, you're missing, but you got two medalists there. Yeah, I, I think he can make a claim. He's legit top three in the world. I think if all the top women's eight hundred meter runners are getting together, none of the fifteen hundred meter runners are able to break into yeah. the top three. It sure. could be, you know, maybe maybe someone like Laura Mir could have a run and and move up a couple spots, but I don't, I don't think she's top three in the world when you have a good top three as you have. All right, can we move off this event, please? Who would have thought that the A block for the Diamond League final was going to be the men's eight hundred? Who would have had that Listen. on their bingo card? Like, this is a wild world we live in, isn't it? Listen, this is wild. Listen, when you do a live blog like I did a live blog. 
things go haywire. I want to talk about the women's eight because you were very confident that Fraser Price was never going to break 10-6. She ran 10-6-5, second fastest time of the year for her, one of her best ever. She got within five one-hundredths of equaling her PB, within six one-hundredths of doing it. So this was pretty close. Any injury issues she had, throw them out. Any issues of her beating Jackson after Jackson beat her, throw it away. This was Fraser Price, vintage Fraser Price. She got the lead early, just blew out of the field. Just absolutely blew away this field. It was not close. Uh, according to Ward Athletics, becomes the first woman in history to run below 10-7. Seven, seven times in the same season. Seven times. She was in the 10-6s this year, Gordon. That's pretty damn good. Seven? Yes. Damn. Yep, I had that in my recap too. I'm just making sure I had that there. I did. Boom. Good job by me. I was she looking has more, for a, oh, she has more a flash 10 quote. sixes than anything else. Should mm. I read her, the, the flash quote? Yeah, hit it. She says she's really looking forward to next season. I would love to come again. I'm just excited to be here and to have won. I'm feeling good to be able to come here and compete. This was remarkable. Very proud that I came away with the 10.65. I started with the 10.6 and I finished with the 10.6. So there's nothing more I could ask for. I mean, you could ask for a 10.5. But, but after you know, Brussels, that, after you know, the injury, when I came out here, per- saw the crowd. I said to myself, "Oh my God, there's a lot of people." But you know what it is? That it is. That's what track and field is all about. We want to have full mm-hmm. stadiums, sold out crowds. Definitely want to feel the energy. Don't want to be in a dead stadium where nobody understands what's going on. She's like talking about <laughs> track and field crowd sizes right now. Um, talking about yeah. the excitement. She said, "I got my hair done in Zurich." Found a stylist. Mm. I need to get my braids done. I hope you guys can offer me some residency here. Residency? Yeah, just, Is she thinking about switching allegiance to it. Sweden? Um, to Switzerland? That'll be wild. Switzerland. Um, the quote that, what did she say? Uh, when she ha- saw how big the crowd was, she was like, wow, that's basically my reaction the first time I did this pod live on YouTube. Like I logged on. I was like, 102 people. Oh my God. I can't do it. I don't know if I can do it. This is, this is too much. No, I just thought it was a, a complete and total dominant performance. It was her season in a nutshell right there. Like if you yeah. wanted just a snapshot of Fraser Price, that, that was it. The start was on point, total um, domination from gun all the way to tape. Some great races behind her, you know, Jackson, 10-8, Tulu, 10-8. But it was just, it was Fraser Price Versus the clock. Um, looking farther down the the results, Nada Nita was fourth, uh, Hobbs fifth, Terry sixth, Richardson seventh, Morrison got DQ'd, and then as we mentioned, there was another there was scratch because it was supposed to be nine women initially in this race. Any other takeaways from the non Shelly and Fraser Price portion of the women's hundred? I mean, Shakari getting dead last. It seems like she gave up at the end. You know, I mean, I think Shakari might be in the mode of like, I'm either in it to win it or it's kind of just, I'm just here, you know, to like finish off the season. Um, kind of a bummer we didn't, we don't have like peak Shakari going up against at the right moments. Like we're getting peak Shakari in random Florida meets and, you know, different things or Olympic trials last year, but not USA's this year. Certain diamond leagues, but not the diamond leagues that matter, you know? So 
a little bit of a bummer we don't have it, but I don't know. I think eventually we're going to get I don't think something. she – I think eventually I don't we're going to get – I don't think she gave up though. I think I think she's just in the U.S. I think she's behind Hobbs and Terry. And that's just the reality of where we're at in the U.S. Like if you were to rank the U.S. women in the 100 right now, that's the order you'd go in. I think this is this is where she's at until she strings together. Now, is her ceiling higher than them? Yeah, because she's run 10 Oh, we lost Kevin. Just as just as the moment he was talking about Shakari ceiling, his own internet goes out. Um, Kevin will have to refresh. You back, Kevin? Kevin's yeah, I'm back. back. Just too much live blogging. My computer couldn't handle it. Uh, it's a good thing we don't do clips anymore for this show. I don't. I'm just saying, this is this is where she's at this year or at this point in the season. Her season once again was, you know, had two distinct parts to it because you had all the stuff leading up to USA's and then a break and then coming back. But if you said a month ago, she's going to be in the diamond league final in the hundred probably would have said, all right, that's good. That's solid. She's getting the experience, but I think we need to think of her in that group with Hobbs and, and Terry, as opposed to being completely separate from them and her being the one who can challenge Jackson, Frazier price, Thompson, hurrah. I think she's in that group in the U S if she goes next year and wins USA's, I think that would be, a not an upset but it's not a sure thing that she's going to win usa's even if she's in good form that's just where she's at right now um and on the flip side of that like hobbs has been pretty solid too right yeah no i mean hobbs and terry are, are great they're you're they're also young terry's super young i mean she, i think she would still be in she's she under 22 still might be 22 or 23 old is terry Born in 1999. She, Quick math. Can't do it. 23. So she, she, it's like her, if she didn't go pro early, it would be like her first year out of college. Um, yeah, she's been a great. So, yeah, I just, I want to see Shakari do something incredible at an incredible moment. And we just haven't had that. We almost kind of had it at the trials last year, but that's what I'm waiting yeah. for. Because then the shit talking will be great. And I would so enjoy have, reading it, and I would enjoy reading people get upset and people get happy. That's what I want to see. You have Frazier Price, who's 10-6. You have Thompson Ara, who wasn't 10-6 this year, but can get to 10-6. You have Jackson, who can go high 10-7-1s, and you have 10-7s. And you have Tolu, who can go, sorry, low 10-7s. And you have Tolu, who can go low 10-7s. So right now, that's where you need to be if you want to be in the metal picture for her. Yes. So you got to get, not only does she need to get back to where she was, she's got to improve upon that performance, those, those top performances that she had. I mean, she ran, um, we all remember the, the 1075 at NCAAs back in 2019. And in 2021, she had some great races, um, including the trials. But what she's done this year, I don't know what, it's tough because she had like these wind-aided times and then she was, like I guess the in New York she ran ten eighty five, and then Brussels when she got fifth she ran ten nine. I guess she's kind of in. I guess you could say what she's in the ten eight sort of ten nine realm right now. Like yeah, the numbers are pretty clear. It's like it's more of a ten seven ten six unless 
the event slows down, but I don't see that happening with Fraser Price, Thompson Hurrah, and Jackson being up at the top. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Congrats to Shellyanne. Shellyanne, uh, she won Athlete of the Year? I'm saying no. Let's save that for next week because we'll okay, have cool. time to talk about that next week. I think that's a good topic for either Monday or Wednesday or Friday. Uh, you're not going to make us do all the segments in one Friday show. She's not going to do it this time. I'm just going to put my foot down and say no. Uh, let's jump to the men's two. Last event of the meet. Noah Lyles. And the commentator said 19 fives to Noah Lyles are like 10 sixes to Fraser Price, which I thought was a pretty good analogy. Is he's just been hitting that number over and over again. He's obviously gone faster, so that's where the comparison ends. But this was no contest. This was a complete blowout. 19-5-2. I mean, there used to be a time not too long ago when Noah Lyles had to come from behind in the last hundred. Noah Lyles used to be staring at people's backs coming off the curb, and then he would run them down. And that was June. And now we're to September. And he's in the lead <laughs> coming off the curve. And then it's just you have one eye on Lyles and one eye on the clock. You're not even really watching what's going on behind him that much unless you're really invested in a particular athlete. You're just looking at him first the clock because there's no doubt in your mind this, this guy is not going to get caught. It's just not going to get – it's not going to happen in his current form in the last 100. It's just he has the lead coming off the curve. That's their opportunity to strike is on the last is on the first curve. And if they don't do it, the lead's only going to grow from there. Last race he had a rougher curve, you know, uh, a couple races ago with with Norman, came back and got the win, but other than that, he's just been flying around the bend and then the lead just grows and grows and grows. So, another solid 195. 195s are hard to achieve and just the consistency with which he's hitting that shows you that, yeah, on that great conditions, championship form, he can hit that 19-3, which he's done this year. So he's got the consistency combined with that big, a bit of an outlier time as well. Yeah, I'm trying to, I want to see, compare Usain Bolt's top 10 200-meter marks compared to Noah Lau's still young career's top 10 200-meter marks. Okay, so obviously Bolt ran 1919 to yeah. Lyles' 1931. Then Bolt ran 193 to Lyles' 1946. Bolt ran 1932 to Lyles' 195. But then after you get after the top uh, four, after you get past the top four, right? Because Bolt ran 194 as well. Yeah. Lyles' fifth best time. 1952, 1956. Bolts, mm. 15, uh, fifth and fifth, sixth best times, 1955 and 1956. Like, hold on. Hold on. So, if you're saying if this was cross country and your fifth best performance mattered, Lyles is closing the gap. I, that's what I'm saying. Is, but what I am this saying is, an irrele- is this is an irrelevant stat. This is Gordon's no, it's irrelevant. Not. Hold stat on. This day. is a relevant stat. The reason why it's relevant. Is hey, hold on. It's relevant because the more 195s that Noel Lyles runs in the 194s that he's gonna run, his top 10 career 200 meters, I think, would be able to 
equal or maybe even be better than Bolt without having the world record. Like, I think Bolt could still have the world record, but if Bolt has the world record, but Lyles has run like 19-3 four times, 19-4 four times, and 19-5 five times, that's better than what Bolt's doing. Okay, hold on. I'm going to swear here. I don't know if you have a bleep button here. Uh, do you think throughout Usain Bolt's career, he gave a shit about Beep. what his top 10 average was? No, he did not give a shit about that. He just cared about winning yeah. the, ra- the only race of the year, which is bad for the sport. And the world record. record. And, the, and world the world record. But like, I don't know. I think there's something about showing up every day and putting up great it's marks. It's great. Every day. It's like, great. That's no, something that not it. a lot of great athletes do. Bolt isn't, maybe not, I mean, he did it because he had a long career, but we're going to look four years from now, we're going to look at Noah Lyles' top 10 all-time marks, and we're going to be like, that's, that's wild. No, I think it's a great, it's a plus, it's a plus for Lyles. You're like, this is awesome. It's part of Lyles' resume. That's great. I just think it's a pretty useless comparison when you're looking at Bolt because that was not his priority. Because if he wanted to be his priority, he would have raced more than four or five times a year. And I think he could have, those years, I think he could have churned out some 19 fours pretty comfortably. He didn't do it, though. He didn't do it. And it doesn't, doesn't matter if, if you don't do it. It's all theoretical, right? But um, I think this pretends well for Lyles. I think that's what it means. But I also look at th- these times, this consistency is in a way catching up with his PR. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. That makes sense. Sorry for cursing, everybody. <sighs> don't, you, don't your children listen to this podcast? They 100% <laughs> do not listen to this. It's been a rough day for all of us, you know. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Uh, okay. Let's keep going. So are we planning on recapping every single event? Well, it's up to you. Again, as I mentioned before, I don't know if you heard this, I did a live blog. Check it out. Click on it. You don't need to read it. Just click on it. Um, Send it to your friends. Do you want me to just – I can tell you since I watched with such close attention, I, I can tell you what stood out to me. Yeah, what stood out to you? What's another thing that stood out? Well, I can tell you what I didn't stand Paul, out to me. Yeah, I don't want to hear about that. Um, okay. Paulino's 400. Yeah, that was Paulino good. ran 48.99 to open this meet in the women's 400. And she took the world lead away from Miller Weibo. Um, it's a select group of women that are sub 49. And I think we were moving into this new era of the women's quarter because Weibo goes away. Kevin, too busy blogging, not enough time keeping up with the bandwidth of the internet in the year 2022. He's talking about how now Miller Weibo is leaving the 400. We're looking for the next people in line. Paulina was the one that we were looking to potentially challenge Miller Weibo, but maybe she was a year or two away from that. But now you're looking at it. Paulino in 2023 is going to go in with a 48-second PB. You got to think mm-hmm. that plus potential addition of a Sydney, you know, the 400 may be yeah. losing a great Miller Weibo, but it also may be retooling itself and could be a still a good event in 2023 with some new faces and some old faces who are now just a little bit better. 
Gordon, you summed it up perfectly. My internet could go out for 20 minutes and you just would do a great job, except that one time when you said Usain Bolt's world record was going to be broken and you got quoted in a rap what? song. But uh, <laughs> uh, I closed all my other windows, by the way. Getting my internet switched up uh, on Sunday. So by Monday, we should be ready to roll. I won't say which company is doing it because I want to, you know, I want to wait to see if they do a good job. But uh, you might have heard of them. Anyway, yeah, I just you don't know what's going to happen with with Sydney with who's coming in. But if if Miller Weibo goes out, like she said she's going to do, then you just have now you have a forty eight second woman in there. I don't know what's going to happen with Nasser. Uh, I heard on the broadcast they said Bull really doesn't have any interest in doing the the flat four hundred. She loves the hurdles too much, and I don't blame her because especially if you have McLaughlin saying she might challenge herself in other events. Uh, yeah, I just I just thought that was a getting out of the shadows type of performance for Paulino. And it would have been awesome if it went in a race against Miller Weibo. Like you had them head to head and she busted that out. And even if she didn't win, she just said, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm capable of going sub 49, but she did it without her. Again, this was just a complete, there was a lot of blowouts in this meet. There were a lot of races where, with 100 to go, you had no doubt about who won. So that one stood out to me. Uh, one thing that stood out to me was Wade Van Niekerk almost won the Diamond League in the B Heat. <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't have given it to him, wild. but Wade Van Niekerk was in the pre-400 meters. If you go to the top, Bolt, uh, down a little more, 400-meter uh, B Heat. Um, Wade Van Niekerk ran 44-39. Against Will London, who ran 44.7. And I was like, 44.39, that might win the actual final. Then we go on to the actual Diamond League final, and Karani James wins 44.2. Uh, but it would have been nice to see Wade Van Niekerk in the Diamond League final against Karani James. Maybe Karani would have to gone a little bit faster. Um, I get why he's not in it, because you got to qualify for this final. It's not an invite. It's you got to earn your way in. Uh, but Karani James, this kind of highlighted the little bit of the little bit of lackluster of some of the races because like this didn't have Michael Norman, so it's like all right, cool, you beat Bryce Dedman and Vernon Norwood, but you know, and he won forty four seconds. That's cool and all, but it's losing its pizzazz when certain notable stars aren't in it. Mm. You could also translate this four hundred reaction to Zazz. the men's four hundred hurdles and the women's four hundred hurdles. Femke Bowl winning. Allison Dos Santos winning, albeit Dos Santos did run 46, so that was pretty nice. Mm -hmm. You know, there was no point in watching those races. We were like, you could have just looked at the results and be like, yep, that's what happens when all the best aren't there and the only one who's actually good shows up and is able to easily win it. And so Dos Santos won 46. Femke Bowl won her race in what, 53? Did she run 53 or 53? I don't even remember. See, that's how. 53. Yeah, 53. Uh, all right, I'm writing down all the races. So you, you went through a bunch so I can cross them off because I do want to try to talk about all of them. I just decided that's my goal. Um, another one that I'd throw in that category, men's 100. Yeah. Romel, credit to him, took care of business. 994, only one guy. He's the only guy sub, sub 10, though. And Bracey's not there. Jacob's not there. Curly not there. Left him as the favorite. Johan Blake just... Like keeps hanging around. He just keeps, and he's always finishing like two, three, four in a lot of these races. DeGrasse came back. We thought, okay, maybe he'll be someone who could sneak in there. I think I picked him. He got last. 
Um, Bromel had a great start, but it's like, what do you read into that? I mean, you get the thirty thousand dollars, get to be Diamond League champion. No buy in that one for the U.S. because Curly's already got it. It would have been a real big plus if if the U.S. didn't have it because that would have been money for for Bromel. But that was another one where it's like, okay, eh, it is it is what it is. Uh, women's two, Shereka Jackson doubled. She ran faster was, than I thought she was going to. Yeah. Now she, she ran. She, the, go ahead. No, I'll let you go. No, 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 no. Go. no. Go ahead. No. I was like, she ran exactly she ran... as I thought she would. Because I said really? in the pod yesterday, I was like, she's going to run 21 8 and destroy everyone. Well, and that's exactly what happened. And they were talking about how uh, on the broadcast, like she had expectations for more, which I get it. But we talked yesterday on the preview about how you looked at her times. It's just, Recently, you're like, all right, is this is this setting up for another 21-4, 21-5, or is she going in the other direction? She's just, she had no competition. It was like Lyles' race coming off the curve. There was just nobody there. I thought Thomas getting second was a big run for her coming off the injury. And, you know, to beat Clark, Prandini, Kambunji, I thought that was a good run for her. Again, she was a ways back. This was almost like two separate races here between her and Jackson. And I know she wants to get back to where she's – Competing with Shereka Jackson, but props to Shereka Jackson for doubling. Not enough people double this meet. Look at that photo. That's a, you needed a really, you need a wide monitor to catch everybody in that one. Good finish from her. Uh, you want to go to women's eight? Sure. We all I mean, forgot about Mary I, Mora. We all were on the Keeley train. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, Mary Moore got it done. Sage Herta, some are saying, mm-hmm. maybe the next Kate Grace getting third, one fifty-eight, not bad. Yeah, but Mary Moore from Tolu Ghoul, you know, the I just feel like we're seeing a lot of one fifty-eights and one fifty-sevens, and this eight hundred also is a little bit non-exciting because there's no thing Mo, right? And we just know that like, what would yeah. it have been if the thing Mo was in the race? This is a good race, though. This was good, but it was a fun last hundred, and you're like waiting for Hodgkinson to make the move, and then with 100 to go, she started going backwards. Uh, I think in terms of building excitement for next year, Mora winning creates more of that because Mo is still the big favorite, but Healy was really close at Worlds, and Ajay Wilson was really close at USA's. So we're not to big three territory yet because we're not even really a big two. There's like Mo, and then I think behind Mo, there's Healy and Mora who are battling it out legit for, for silver. But we're trending closer to that direction than I thought we would be going into the season. So good win for Mora. This was probably one of the more, I think this might've been the surprise which is of the meet, which is strange because that's the bronze medalist winning. Has there ever been a race where eight women have broken two in the same race? Mm. Uh, I can look that up, actually. Let me go to all-time athletics and just do a command. Can you do that? Command. Well, I'll go command F. I'll hit eight. We'll see what comes up, see if it's going to take a while. But I can, I could, I could just scroll down here. Um, I'm, what, do you, what, what, what do you think? You think yes or no? No, it's a no. So, but this is a Russian who did it. So I don't think that counts. Tatiana Pravdikokina. 
1982, ran 157, and got eighth in a race. Where are you? I don't believe that? that mark. So outside of that mark, where are you seeing that? Oh yeah, I see the same one. Well, the uh, time that... still. Ca- I mean, time still counts. <laughs> okay. Are you unilaterally no, no, no. unilaterally disqualifying people? Yeah. Uh... Oh, here's another one. Uh, another Russian. What's the same meat, isn't it? Lyubov Gorina in 1992. No, it's not the same meat. Oh. No, she ran 158 and got eighth in 1992. Okay, Okay, so it happened once in the 80s, happened once in the 90s. Okay, and then, oh, Natalia Gould at the Olympics. Hmm. Finished eighth and ran 158. So, all right, that was a waste of time. Bad take. And then Monaco, Charlene Lipsy did it. Another time in Monaco, Katarina Bissett did it. Okay. This is such a bad stat that I came up with. Yeah. I'm kind of mad that you made me look this up. It's kind of fun, though, to think about it. <laughs> Got to think this stuff. Anyway. Okay. Uh, next on my list here, 1500s. 1500s were different. The women were tactical, which was surprising. The men was fast. I just thought what Faith Kipiegon did was kind of funny, to be honest. She let Allie Wilson go. She, I hope she went up to her before the race and was like, listen, I'm not going to follow you, which means nobody's going to follow you because they're not going to pass me because they'd be really stupid. So you're about to make some money doing not a whole lot. So just chill. Like I know you want to hit the splits that they told you, but you don't need to do all that because I'm just going to cruise. And everybody lined up behind Faith Kipiagon like she was a fourth grade teacher leading them out to recess and they stayed there and they stayed there and they stayed there and they stayed there. And then all of a sudden Faith Kipiegon said, ah, I'm going to end this race. And she ran 57, seven, the last 400 ran four flat. And it was just, it was just a total clinic. Uh, McGeehan of Ireland is having an amazing run here. She got second, but to me, this was just kind of, you called this, you said she wasn't going to run fast. I didn't think, that she'd go that hard in the other direction. And it, I kind of respect it. It's like, choose a lane and go there. If you're going to go hard and go for the world record, go hard and go for the world record. If you're not, and you just want to go tactical, go all the way. Like, there's no point in like running like 356 pace if you're Faith Kipiegun. So she committed to it, did it, executed it, um, and got the win. I think it confused everybody too. It's like you're, you're stepping in the batter's box, going up against somebody who throws like 102 mile an hour fastballs and then they throw a knuckleball at you first pitch. Like, what the hell is this? <laughs> and, like and they didn't underhand. know what to do. They throw it underhand. They do the EFIS pitch like Meb when he threw out the first pitch at the, uh, at the baseball game. Um, cause Muir you'd think would have taken it on because, cause like that's Muir's move is to like push the pace. But I think she was so thrown off by the fact that Kip Yegon went out slow. She's like, all right, well I better just, I better just follow. And it ended up just being a, a one-lap sprint, which Kip Yegon dominated. You know what would be a, a good thing to, like, look into or just, like, ask about the mental state of these types of athletes? People like Faith Kip Yegon, people like Edward Cheserek in college, people who they know when they step on the track that they have complete control of what's going to happen because they know that no one will – challenge them in a weird way because they know that everyone knows I'm the favorite 
and mm -hmm. I get to do what I want and everyone is scared to like double cross me. You know, it happened. I mean, there was a couple times when people attempted double cross Chez and it worked or it didn't work. You know, Faith Kabiagin here, everyone's like, get behind her. People probably are looking at that with Jakob Ingebrigtsen, like he kind of can control the race. There's certain people who have this ability to kind of just be like, I mean, Kipchoge, right? No one is going to like yes. try to challenge yes. Kipchoge. They're going to let him just do what he wants and hold on for dear yep. life. I wonder what it's like knowing you have that power. That's pipe because it's very few people who have that much respect that they can just have power whenever they step on the track. One person who had it was Matthew Sentrowitz, the men's 15. Yeah. I remember asking him this exact question in, I want to say 2019, USA's. And I think he said it's kind of strange because it's like he would go super fast or super slow going out in like an early round and there'd be someone behind him and he'd turn and be like, what are you doing? Like, just, you can go, like, you don't need to follow me, but everybody, especially in the 1500, everybody yeah. is keying off of the favorite, especially if the favorite is a fast closer, Tactician. you know, is sound yeah. tactically. Yeah. Um, he's David in the chat said, if ever there was a case for a pace setter to finish the race, it would have been Allie Wilson. In the 1500. Yeah, it would have been tough for her to hold on because they ended up, she ended up running four flat. Faith, anybody else other than Faith Kipiagon might have been able to hold on a little longer, but yeah, she was way out front. Men's 15, you brought it up. They were glued to the pacer, who was Matthew Ramsden. Jakob took over. This was just, this was Jakob 101. I mean, there wasn't much to it. It was his fastest time of the year, though, but he just, it looked routine. It looked ordinary. 329.0 for him. Jerry, this time, they all take turns being the last guy yep. to hang on. And this time it was Chariot's turn. And we used to think, oh, he's got a shot in these races, but he didn't. He didn't have a chance. And the lead just stretches and stretches and stretches until you get to the final 100. And then you wonder, oh, man, is he going to pay a price? Is the second place person going to pay a price for trying to stick with Jakob? And in this case, he didn't because he held on for second. But it almost reminds me of Chariot in 2019, where it's like, hey, is anybody going to go with this guy? Because you're, you might pay a price if you do it. And now Jakob is in that position. It switched from Chariot to, to Jakob. Um, but this was a race where everybody could have seen it coming. Maybe you didn't think the time would be that fast, but everybody saw this coming. Especially Jake Whiteman. He saw it coming. Which is why he didn't run in it. Wow, I'm just gonna wow. keep. Okay, I should stop. Am I? I'm, is it getting a little too? Am I getting a little too? Uh, harsh? I think we said our piece. I think we said our okay, piece. Okay, we did. With, All right, that's yeah, this will be the last time we, we talk we, about it. We did it over I mean, four or five podcasts. I think we've, I think we've made our point there. Oliver Hoare third, Abel Kipsang fourth, McSwain fifth, and Kerr sixth. All right. In the chat, people want to talk about the hurdles. People want to talk about the throws. We're getting there. We're getting there. I got my I got my card now. I'm locked in. Um, all right. I'm just following you. Okay. I want to talk about the high hurdles. I want to talk about the men's okay. high hurdles. First ever win for Holloway over Rashid Broadbell. Got it done. Wow. Last last two hurdles. Broadbell closed the gap, but Holloway had enough of a lead. Gets the win. 13-02. Over Broadbell's uh, 1306. You know, 
Holloway has won he's won races since World Championships, but he had not won a race with Broadbell in it. And Broadbell had the, had a lot of momentum. Commonwealth, and then he had won three other races since the World Championships. He had broken 13 seconds. So I think this was of all the results of this entire meet, I think this one was the most important of all the results. And it was because Holloway stopped Broadbell's momentum. And I'd like to bring up, if you could, Colt, the flash quote from Grant Holloway. Because it's, it's an awesome one. So scroll down until you see Grant Holloway's name on there. And let's blow this one up. Now, sometimes these things get a little lost in translation. Um, and they're doing them real quick. I've, uh, my start was good. And I kept my composure all race through. I was very consistent. This win means a lot to me. It is huge. It is heavy as shit. <laughs> now, we've interviewed Grant enough to know. He, he might have actually said that. But I've never heard the phrase heavy as shit before. Sorry, we're cursing up a storm on this pod. I apologize. Um, I think it means it was it was important to him. And then I saw another interview where he, he mentioned, hey, I hadn't, I'd never beaten Broadbell before. And he says he's got the, the Diamond League win, he's got the indoor win, and he's got the outdoor win. So he's got the got the trifecta. Yeah, he's got the trifecta. You mentioned it's his first year doing a Diamond League circuit. It's weird for that. Is that I guess that's true? Seems like he's been a pro much longer that he would be on the Diamond League. I well, mean, he's running Diamond Leagues. I guess he's the first time, like, actually focusing on trying yeah. to win the Diamond League final. Yeah. 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 Last year, he stopped after Tokyo. 2020, there was no real circuit. And then 2019, he turned pro, and he did a couple meets in Europe, but that was it. Yeah. So he hasn't run a ton on Diamond Leagues. I still think the Diamond League would be so much better if the final was before Worlds. Yes, I agree. Also, in a, in the interview that I watched, the interviewer asked about Jamaica U.S. rivalry in the in the hurdles because you have you have legitimate yeah. names there. You have you have Broadbell and Parchment and um, other uh, some other guys who are legit. And then on the U.S. side, you got Holloway, you got Cunningham, you got Allen, you got Roberts, you got you got a future there where you could see. All right, man. put it in as well. Yeah. Yeah, well, you could have a situation where you have you know, five guys in the final represented between those two countries. And Grant was like, yeah. Says the, the press might want there to be a rivalry, but like, I'm cool with all these guys. Which made me, it's made me laugh because is there anybody always not cool with? <laughs> like, it's just like, and you can be a rival with someone without disliking them personally. People associate rivalry with hatred. You can hate them. People sometimes enjoy it more when there's hatred, but you can also be friendly rivals because because he talked about how he, he was like texting Hansel this year and he met Broadbell. He's obviously, you know, Daniel Roberts is his guy, even when they were battling back in the SEC days and NCAA days. It's just there's nobody who he's like not friendly with. Um, so I don't think we're ever going to get a hatred type rivalry. And I also wanted to find the member of the press who's drumming up the Jamaica U.S. men's high hurdle rivalry. I'd like to meet that person because they're as into track as I am. Yeah. Who is that? Is there an article talking about the I don't, I, Jamaica I USA hurdle rivalry? I don't know. I'm in on it. I'm in on it. Uh, Are we part of that? Are we drumming it up? Are we part to blame? 
Well, you are part of the press. Uh, Jordan says the Jamaican – oh, sorry. Uh, it's his first – hold on. Where is this quote? Uh, I think Holloway knows Broadbell is the man right now too. That reaction when he beat him was visceral. So, yeah. I mean, they're – they got a legit squad over there for for Jamaica. It's going to be a uh, – going to be a fun 2023 in the men's high hurdles again i still think if you said okay who can for sure go to 12 eights well holloway's already done it so you feel good about holloway doing that broadbell is still so young does he have the capability of doing it yeah but i think right now it's more of a case can can grant get back to 12 eights because if he can then it's curtains at least in the short term can outdoor grant be like indoor Game grant? curtains Ooh. Curtains. Right? curtains wow yeah curtains. over colt colt you're a theater guy you know what that means right a theater guy i don't know what you're talking about i know what you i know I mean, curtains you do you do improv there's curtains that come up kevin you've never been to improv before have you don't you want to stage there's no curtains in improv zero curtains in improv no. what happened they banned them it was a, was there a tragic event I didn't know about? Uh, okay. It's not a curtain. It's just a person walking across the front of the stage is their curtain. Because that's how they end it. And scene. Okay. Uh, women's high hurdles. Another sub-12-3-7 here. This time it was Amusan. <laughs> of which I'm trying to pay you, but you were not, you're not telling me your Venmo. You had all day yesterday and today to give me your Venmo. I haven't gotten it. I'm going to put a deadline. If you don't send me... The Venmo information by twelve thirty-seven a.m. today. I'm mm-hmm. not paying. So you have. I tried to go to your house to watch like, the meet today, and you and you denied me. I was trying to be your friend, and you. That's where I was going to give you the Venmo information because Colt told me to only do it in person. None of the telephones are secure, so I was going to write it on a piece of paper and hand it to you, and then we were going to burn it together. Everything's anyway, tapped. Uh, <laughs> Amazon looked great. Twelve twenty-nine. Uh, Tia Jones, who's had a hell of a season. What was her PR heading into the this year? 12-8, something like that? Um, I don't know. But yeah, she's running out of her mind. Yeah. So this was Amusan returning to full form. And you might look at this and say, all right, that's way off the world record. But that's her second fastest win legal time in history. Right? There's the, there's the times in Eugene, and then there's this time it, for Toby Amusan. Um, so props to her, Camacho Quinn. We both we both thought Camacho Quinn was going to get it done uh, in this race. She wasn't able to. Um, faded back a little bit. I'm looking at Jones. Yeah, Jones was 1284 from 2016. Um, 1280s was that on the same height though? And then 1286 in 2019. So big jump up for her. Imagine if um, imagine if Toby just had like a bad day, and then Tia Jones gets a Diamond League buy. Would have been huge. That on their bingo card. That would have been wild. Would have been huge. Because son, there was clearly is the talent, and she put it all together over those ten hurdles. Yeah, there was no real buy situations here, right? I didn't, I didn't see any of all the people we talked about throughout the meet. Of oh, this would be big if they got a buy. I don't think any of them panned out. No, but there were some close calls, like the men's high jump. Javon Harrison. Oh was yeah. One. Yeah, that was yesterday. Like, yeah. I was watching that. I was like, "Oh my goodness!" Once Barshim was out, I was like, "This is your chance." He kept on making it. He made it. I think at he was still in the lead at two thirty-two 
was it 232 or 234? Mm-hmm. It was 234, and then he missed on 236. Uh, but that would have been wild to be able to get, for Javon Harrison to end his season with a Diamond League win over Tamberry and Barshim, who are like two of the greats. So, mm-hmm. uh, Steeple, not much going on there. El Bacali dominates. Get it you beats Yavi. Five Ks. Fisher, third behind Kip Career. Some DNFs there. Uh, Monson sixth behind Chabet. I know they're trying to do fun stuff by putting that thing outside on a 532 meter track or whatever it is. Let's just put it in the track. It's the Diamond League final. It's a big deal race. I I just. I want to be able to have camera angles that capture how far people are behind. You had Aragawi, like he was taking the turns so wide because the track was so, it was like inline skating out there. Some of the curves were so tight. Uh, I wish they would just do that for a random meet in July. I I just don't want that for the Diamond League final. I'm sorry. That's not the biggest takeaway from this race, but it's hard to, like you want those times to count too, don't you? You don't want the theoretical biggest meet of the year. You want to be like, you know what? These times don't count because it's on a strange track. I don't know. They're fast. But what do, you mean by don't, do they count at all? They count towards something. No. No, they count for nothing. Times count for absolutely nothing. It counts as, it's not a road mark, though. It does it's a not flat track. Count, counts for nothing. It does not count for absolutely nothing. Okay. What, what do you mean? Zero. Nothing. Does it really? Zero. Let's check World it, Athletics. You can get a you can get uh thirty thousand dollars if you win. Chabet runs fourteen thirty one, Kip Kemboy fourteen thirty one, Sagai fourteen thirty two, Ty fourteen thirty two, Hassan again still getting her sea legs, uh fourteen thirty seven, just ahead of Monson. And then the men's yeah, the men's run was fast, twelve fifty nine for Kip Career, Lubalu twelve fifty nine, then Fisher thirteen flat. Um there were four DNFs in this well, one of them's a rabbit. So three DNFs in this race. I just, I don't want the gimmicks in the biggest meet out. What should be the biggest meet of the year outside the world championships. Right. I agree with that. That's what this meet should be. The biggest meet of the year outside the world championships. It's cool if you're there and you're walking down the middle of the street in Zurich and you're like, Oh, cool. There's Nicholas Kip career. Sprinting really okay, fast. How about this? this is fun. I didn't have to pay any money to see this, but everybody else is like, what's going on? What if they put the 100-meter dash in the street? No, I don't like it. I don't like any of it. But that's that's li- would be official because the flat track going straight, have a wind, le- yeah. wind reading and everything. I just – I think the venue is fine. I think of all the problems of track and field, I don't think one of them is a stadium where literally every sport is held in either a stadium or an arena or where fans can all congregate around and you can have good camera angles and you have some sort of uniformity. I don't need them to construct a track in the middle of – I think if you're an athlete, I get why it would be cool, especially field events. People can get super close. Understand that 100%. But like as a fan who's watching on a laptop or a television screen, like you miss out like with the camera angles and it's impossible to build a track, even a hundred meter stretch of track 
that's exactly the same as what it's going to be like in a stadium. True. A temporary stuff. Yeah, Te- temporary stuff's not the same. Not the same. Yeah. What if I told you where I want them to run a hundred meter dash, right? My two favorite spots. The strip. Las Vegas. The strip? No. Oh no. I wanted to run. First one is in a airport terminal between two gates. And they call it the gate to gate mm-hmm. run. And you basically are running right down the middle of an airport uh terminal with people walking with their baggage and on the walking runway and Usain Bolt's just sprinting from gate twelve to gate fifteen. That or I want them on a boat, like a air mm. airplane boat. Can't with a boat aircraft carrier things. Aircraft carrier. But I want mm-hmm. the finish line to be like five meters from the edge mm-hmm. of the boat. So there's no way for them to stop their momentum and they just have to run into the water. So there'll be full speed running and then they just gotta fall into the water. And there'll be mm-hmm. like a lifeguard in the water to make sure they're fine. But you know, you, you get the victory, then you do cannonball, you know, it'll be fun. <laughs> maybe maybe give them a little bit more runway. So if they wanna opt out, they can opt out. But you give extra points because like Lyles would pull like a front flip in and it would be sick. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But why would you want but no, you don't no have to opt out? Well, you're fine. People have, I don't know. I just you have like a cramp or something. Like if you're grabbing your hamstring and then you <laughs> fall into the water. <laughs> yeah, that's not good. That's not good. Uh, that's why you have a bunch of people have... in the water with like floaties to make sure you're okay. You know. Aircraft carrier is pretty high in the air, so you think you need some a little bit lower. That'd be, that'd be uh, wild. They're running at full speed, and then just the whole house is like darting into the water. That'd be hilarious. Someone's definitely, someone's definitely getting hurt in that situation. All right, let's go over to the field events. At the end of the year, and then we got to wrap up. We got to wrap up here. So on those Friday field events, uh, I think this you could say was the upset of the meet: Kovacs over Krauser. Now he beat him before, but it's not just. He beat him. It's how he beat him. He threw 23-23. That's number three all time. Krauser's got one and two outdoors. So this whole event's changed. This whole event went from Krauser versus the history books to Kovacs Krauser over the last couple weeks. Krauser got the world championship title, the one thing that was missing, and then now it is on. Uh, Kovacs has upped his game. He's shown that he can throw right alongside where Krauser is and go into that 23-meter zone. So this was a huge, huge performance. This one, you know, I said high hurdles was the one that means the most for 2020. I think this one's right along with it. Kovacs joining that club. So he wants to throw 23-5 next year. Also, he's expecting twins. Congrats, Kovacs. Fellow Bethlehem native. I competed at the same district meet as him. Good old times. Not Hello, Dad. Way. I just want to form a connection with Joe Kovac since <laughs> you did. Well, that'd be the world record. 23.5 rec- would be the world record. Yeah. But I, I, I'm, just supr- I'm really surprised that he was able to counter. So that was awesome. Um, yeah, David says, I wonder if Kovacs' recent success will delay Krauser's move back to the discus. Um, from what I gathered, I asked him about that at Worlds. It seemed to be an off-year thing, but I'm not sure if he's decided fully. And the next off-year isn't until 26. But it is. it does go from, man, Krauser's going to be bored, just dominating, to all of a sudden it's like, oh, man, 
in order to beat him, he's going to have to get back to where he was at if Kovacs can continue. So that was crazy. Uh, Ely wins the women's shot. Undefeated season for her outdoors. Is that enough to get some athlete of the year buzz? We'll see. We shall see. Talk about that more next week. Uh, Discus, Valerie teasing, Allman. She's in the next podcast. I gets like revenge. Uh, uh, Shay gets it for the men. Triple jump. It's Rojas, of course. And then for the men, you got Andy Diaz Hernandez of Cuba. Cuba all over this one. Just all over this one. Um, let's see. We did discus. You talked about high jump with Tambiri winning on count back over Javon Harrison. Women's high jump, Mahuchek. Uh, long jump, Tentaglu. Clutch again, the final two. Uh, women's long jump, Valletta. Uh, Jav, Kara Winger, I called it in my live blog, the most successful finale, like farewell season maybe in history. Just, just incredible production. I mean, just her just making the most of every opportunity. You can't go out on a better note. She got the medal, her first medal at Worlds. On the final throw. She, on the final throw. Yeah. Then, yeah. Uh, PRs breaks her own American record, then wins the Diamond League title. And you, world lead. She has the world you, lead as well. I, I guess you could ask for more. Oh, he froze. Kevin, third time here. My goodness, you need this new internet. Back, when back. are we getting the new internet? Oh, he's back. He's back. Literally hit back on my window because I thought I was on the Diamond League results tab. That one's 100% on me, not on my internet. Oh. Uh, although I'm still changing my internet. Yeah, Winger could have asked for gold, but other than that, this has been uh, a crazy season um, for her. Just very impressive. Um, Chopra, Javelin, for the men. Not a big surprise there, although he didn't get gold in Eugene. Women's Jav. We talked about Winger. Um, what else we got? Oh. The Queen died. Pole vault. Pole vault. And the pole vault. Uh, Nina, Nina Kennedy wins the women's. The men, Mondo Duplantis' losing streak ends at one. Thoughts? Thought I was gonna go at least to two, but no. Mondo gets the win, six meters. You know, look at this: world record, Olympic title, world title, world indoor title, European twice, world European indoors, Diamond League now mm -hmm. twice. As World Athletics says, not a bad few years for Mondo Duplantis. <laughs> he needs Facts. to update his Twitter handle because right now it says Mondo Haas six zero zero. Needs to change that to like six two zero. Good point. All right, six yeah. two one. Is that all? Is that That's all? That's it. This has been a great okay. pod. I appreciate everyone uh, listening on Thursday. Two minutes. We'll be back Questions on Monday. In the chat. Comments Questions in the in chat. chat. Let's first. give two minutes. I haven't done a good job with the chat because I was worried it was uh, slowing my computer down. But I'm not sure. Andreas, I think Kovacs will beat Krauser. Krauser's year has not been the best with losing indoor champs in Diamond League final. It's true. Uh, Jordan says it was a great 2022 season. I'm looking forward to a lot of new pros and returning juggernauts in 2023. Yeah. I still have a few more track meets this weekend. Yeah. Bunch live on flow. Yeah. Two live on flow, notably. Zagreb and Bellinzona. Maybe we'll get Jakob so, to show so up to try to break the world record or something. You know where Jakob should show up? I know I'm violating our rule that we just said a couple minutes ago. The Fifth Avenue Mile. 
And he should show up as like a non-elite entry. Just be like, run like the media mile or something like that. And be like, oh, can I get in the, that no, race? And then get in the race. Like, you just, just have him. Actually, it would be cool because it's a road mile and it's in New York. They could just film like vlog style him like wandering through the, the streets of New York. Just on the sidewalk. On, yeah, just like walking through. Just, oh, hey, is there a race going on? Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna be in that one. I'm here. To, have you seen just? Have you seen Jake Whiteman? I'm looking for this guy named Jake Whiteman. He's just go, going to different uh, restaurants and establishments in New York asking if they've seen Jake Whiteman. That'd be great content. That'd be a good. Bit, uh, just asking, you know, man on the street. Geez, right. One of these. He's like a picture of him. And it's like content. Creator. It's like a photoshopped photo of like his win, yeah. but like he takes his face out of it. So people don't know they lost to him. Yeah. All in the game says Krauser got COVID after World Champs. Yeah. So obviously he's not in full form, but take Krauser out of it. Kovacs threw 23 meters. Yeah. And, and Krauser's only thrown farther than that outdoors twice. So even if Krauser was there, and even if Krauser like threw one of his best marks ever, you still got this thing of Kovacs is coming. Kovacs is closing that gap. Kovacs is back, which I think is, is fun to watch. Uh, Tamp Eagle says sub pod. Yep. It's coming. It's coming. Whenever Gordon, it won't let us forget. We're doing it next week, right? That's the plan. Yep. Yeah. yeah. We're doing it next week. Send in ideas. Flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. If you're not a subscriber, you can subscribe or a member. You can become a member. Hit join on there. All right. We'll leave it there. Flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. Flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks to Colt for producing. Um, Thanks, everybody, for tuning in live or whenever you listen. We appreciate it. That was the Diamond League 2022 season. Our next instant reaction or in-the-moment reaction will be the Berlin Marathon, where we're going to attempt to wake up at 2 a.m. and watch Elid Kipchoge run really fast and potentially see the American record in the women's marathon get broken as well, too. So if you're a marathon fan, stay tuned for that. Coming up in a couple Sundays. See you guys Monday. Monday.